the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hi, I'm Dana Torts, and welcome to another episode of the Truth in My Days radio program. Today, I'm here with John Torts and Jason Chan as they discuss the important topic of creation and evolution. We are continuing from the previous episode. We hope you enjoy. Now, you mentioned this one uh, before as well, and commonly cited example of what's supposed to be evolution in action, mm-hmm. and that is the antibiotic resistance in bacteria. But again, this is not evolution, because evolution requires the development of qualitatively new genetic data that will lead to new structures, organs, organ systems, and so on, so that it can move from single cell all the way up to human beings and going through birds and fish and so on. All of these on site change. You need new genetic data. And antibiotic resistance is not an example of that because the bacteria doesn't actually evolve, not in the sense of developing new genetic data. Where you get antibiotic resistance, there's two ways that it happens. Number one, within the original population of bacteria, a few of them have resistance. Mm -hmm. And They usually, they have it because of some kind of mutation, and they're not as fit to survive in a normal environment as the the original form. And so they're always a small minority. But when you bring in antibiotics, well, this kills off the normal kind. And all you're left with then is the resistant kind. So this, like uh, we saw with, say, blonde-haired people and dark-haired people in a population, or with the with the peppered moth, this is selective breeding. You're simply changing the conditions to make one variant come to the fore. And this is why, in fact, it's interesting. For a while, we were really afraid of these so-called superbugs, these bacteria that they can't be treated with antibiotics. They're resistant to it. But if you ask yourself, where do these outbreaks happen? Superbugs, where do you think these outbreaks always happen? At the hospitals? Exactly. In the hospitals. Because that's where they're using these these vast vast quantities Mm -hmm. of antibiotics to kill off the normal kind. Mm -hmm. Out in nature, they're out-competed by the regular kind. They only survive in that that environment. We see this as well now with COVID. We we keep hearing these uh, stories of the new mutant, the new variants, and how this one is more dangerous, that one is more dangerous. But they're all the COVID virus. They've had changes, little changes happen in the DNA, Mm -hmm. uh, which may change the shape of the spike protein or something. And these kind of changes do happen in bacteria. And sometimes this can lead to antibiotic resistance because of the way antibiotics work. One method, for example, is you, you have the antibiotic come in and it's just the right shape to lock onto a particular protein of the bacterium and disrupt some kind of metabolic process as a result of which the bacterium dies. Okay, I see. But sometimes a mutation happens that warps the shape of the bacterium's protein. It's not new information. It's basically a a warped form of the original. Mm, Okay. But because it's warped, the antibiotic can no longer lock on to disrupt the metabolic process. I see. And you get antibiotic resistance in that method. 
Okay. Uh, so none of this is actually examples of evolution. And you might notice the bacteria always stay bacteria. They never move up the evolutionary ladder. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that uh, you occasionally hear claims of an example of evolution in action. But if you read far enough, you find that it's never actually evolution happening in the sense of creating new genetic information which is what you need. This article came from some years ago. It was headline in the newspaper, Process Speeds Up Evolution, and subheaded Discovery called Crucial Step in Advancement of Biotechnology. And it starts out saying, scientists at Scripps Research Institute say they have discovered a process that can be used to compress 10 million years of molecular evolution into 10 days. Well, what is this great discovery that they have? Well, they were able to direct, they say, the evolution of a molecule in the test tube so that it will create an enzyme that cleaves DNA. This originally, what it does is cleave RNA, okay, break up RNA chains. But now they have supposedly evolved it in 10 generations into different type of enzyme that cleaves DNA. Okay. Well, does that sound like a new ability to you? I'm not too sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would be a new ability. Mm -hmm. The problem, though, if you you read down through the article, and you always have to read to the end mm. because they tend to hide the significant stuff uh, in the later parts. We read that the study began with a population of 10 trillion molecules. They chose a particular group of molecules that usually cleave RNA and that have a limited ability to cut strands of DNA under okay. high temperatures. There we go. <laughs> there you go. What's, what's the problem here? There's nothing new. They already have the ability to cleave DNA. Exactly. Nothing new has been developed. Mm. Here's another example also coming out of this one's from the New York Times headline, Leapin Evolution is Found in Lizards. Well, what supposedly happened here, as you go through the article, you find out that the experiment involved introducing a species of lizard to 14 small lizardless islands near the Ehumas in the Bahamas and leaving them for 14 years. And what do you find? Well, 14 years after being delivered to their new homes, the lizards have evolved as predicted, according to the article. Uh, those with the stubbiest legs found on islands with the scrawniest vegetation. The problem here, the, the leap in evolution, we're told that some of these develop the ability to leap. But as you read through the article, once again, you find that like Darwin's finches that we'll look at later, mm -hmm. the original population had all of these abilities. Mm -hmm. okay. And when you put them into different environments, the ones most suited for that environment comes to the fore. Sure, yeah. But no new ability. For example, lizards that inhabit large trees, says the article, tend to have long legs, while those that live on twigs are shorter limbed. It goes on to say, such information enabled him and his colleagues to forecast what would happen to the lizards exiled to the 14 islands. Well, anybody could predict that. Whatever, whatever the environment makes most suited for whatever structure is the one that's going to be found there and the rest will die off. Mm -hmm. 
So once again, no evolution here, no genuine evolution, and yet look at the headline. Leap in evolution is found in lizards. So again, the general public is fed these claims huh. that evolution is happening before eyes. And if you're knowledgeable and you bother to read, you find out there's no evolution here at all. And But how many people bother to read all the way through and how many people just see the headline? My guess is most people just read the headlines. Yeah, or maybe headline and first paragraph or two. <laughs> yeah. They don't usually read all the way to the end. And if they did, how many of them would spot the problem? Here, Here's an one. Like I'll bet you can spot the problem here. Why don't you read this one for us? This is from the Globe and Mail. Okay, so this is titled Swallows with Shorter Wings. Birds in Nebraska have evolved shorter wings, which may help them avoid dying on roads by taking off quickly and darting away from cars, says New Scientist magazine. 80 million U.S. birds are killed by traffic each year. Cliff swallows have taken to nesting on road bridges, so may be especially vulnerable. Charles Brown of the University of Tulsa in Oklahoma has been picking up dead swallows for 30 years. Roadkill numbers have steadily declined since the 1980s even as the number of roadside nests has risen. The killed birds have longer wings than the birds caught in the missed nets for research, and on average, the caught birds' wings have got shorter. It makes sense. Shorter wings are better for a quick vertical takeoff and improve maneuverability. See a problem there? I just have to scan through this again. Oh, this one's a survivor bias, isn't mm -hmm. it? So, uh, birds with short wings have always been around. Birds with long wings have always been around. It's just that birds with the long wings are getting killed off. So, you're just left with the birds with shorter wings. Yeah. So, would this be evolution? No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. It's a survival of the fittest, certainly. And they're more fit where they're nesting on road bridges. Mm -hmm. But no new trait has been developed. Yeah. And when you see enough of these examples, and we'll see a few more, but when you see enough of these examples, you have to start asking, why do they not give us one genuine example of evolution in action? That, that's an important question. Why do they not give us one genuine example? Mm -hmm. And the second question, which causes me to wonder a bit more, is why do they take examples like this and tell you it's evolution when they must know it isn't? Those are two questions that should be asked. And it gets crazier and crazier. Uh, you remember the, the Chernobyl uh, nuclear disaster back in 1986, where this nuclear reactor uh, at Chernobyl in the Ukraine, when it was part of the Soviet Union, went into meltdown mm -hmm. and released vast quantities of radiation. And, of course, people had to leave the area far away and nobody could live there. Yeah. But there was wildlife. And... Nobody wanted this to happen, but it did happen. And so it became a good laboratory to see what would happen because uh, radiation is certainly one of those things that will mutate DNA for you. Yeah, there's lots of stories of babies with birth defects and all that. Indeed. Yeah. But here is how this is written up in one of our popular news magazines. Headline is, The Truly Wild Life Around Chernobyl. And subheaded, many animals are in evolutionary overdrive. Well, that means evolution is happening much more quickly. Well, what kind of evolution is that? Well, they look at the mice and they find on this particular type of field mouse, they call it voles, 
And they capture them. They analyze the DNA to search for signs of genetic mutation. And they find this. Among the Chernobyl voles, the gene sequences as well as the proteins from all five animals were different. So you had a lot of changes. The DNA did change. Okay. So what did it do to these mice? Did it give them new abilities? For example, did they learn to walk upright, become anthropomorphic, uh, learn to speak and wear red shorts like Mickey? <laughs> no. Okay. Let's look at what happened to them. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.